Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's another live edition of the Extra Point. Mr. P.L. Coulter driving the double Dutch bus today. We got Tasha T. Sizzle in the middle seat. We got Michigan Mike playing flanker today. What's going on today, Michigan? Miguel. What's going on? Good. Good. All right. We got a ton of stuff to get into today, all Super Bowl related. Hope you all stick around for that. But before we get into the sports, let's get a word from our sponsor. We are sponsored by May Jane's Coffee. That's M-A-E-J-A-N-E-S coffee.com. You can get your Colombian, your Honduran, and your Brazilian blend coffee, all freshly ground or not by my sweet daughter, Sasha Denise, who just so happens to be turning up in the N.O. this weekend in New Orleans, nice. having her a grand old time. I hope she packed a little May Jane's coffee because she's going to need it if she's out in them streets turning up <laughs> as I know she is. But again, that's May Jane's coffee, M-A-E-J-A-N-E-S coffee.com. Excellent. Excellent. Yes, I have my May Jane's coffee on deck. You should do the same. Thank you so much to our most esteemed sponsor. Now, let's get right to it. Michigan Mike, I'm coming to you first, buddy. All right. Who wins Super Bowl 56? Oh, I mean, you want to get right into it. Let's um, get right into it. No, no, no kissing on the neck today. Let's just stop it, Tasha. Uh, <laughs> man, I like I like I like Burrow. You know, I think he's going to be a great asset to the NFL and the offense that they have. However, I'm a defensive guy, so I got to go with the defense. I'm I'm gonna go with the Rams. Now, for those watching on YouTube, you see the 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 two people that that basically are going to be the biggest stars of the game, in my opinion, Joe Burrow and Mr. Uh, Aaron Donald. So you're going with the Rams, the Rams defense. Yep. yep. Okay. I'm going with the Rams. Okay, give us a score. <sighs> I'm going to check over under. I'm going to go like, it's going to be high scoring. I'm going to say, so. I'm going to say 35-24. That would be dope if it was a high scoring game. Oh, ooh, that defense though. Um, Tasha, let me ask you this. As a 49ers fan, you're in one of those precarious positions to where your team beat both of the teams that's in the Super Bowl. You beat Cincinnati and you and you beat the Rams. Do you have a rooting interest either way? Does it matter to you? What What do you think goes on tomorrow afternoon? It really doesn't matter to me. I mean, it's good to say, oh, the, you know, the Super Bowl champ came from the NFC West, but it ain't us, so who cares? But <laughs> with that being said, it, you know, anything can happen. I'm not going to count the Bengals out, even though oh, their man. offensive line is – I mean – They're going up against, like Mike said, a defense that's going to command two double teams in Aaron Donald and Von Miller at at all times against, you you know, so then that's going to leave a lot of open holes for Jalen Ramsey to get in there and get a sack for anything to happen. I mean, the Titans sacked that boy nine times, but Joe Burrow is out here. I call him Macaulay Culkin because somebody else has said that. And I said, hmm. Oh, wow. He does like Macaulay Culkin. He does. uh, I didn't even think about that before. But that boy is built tough. He took though, he's been taking all those licks all season and he's still been able to get up and still has been able to perform. So that's why I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game per se. 
I'm thinking maybe 17, 24 Rams. Okay, so you're both going with the Rams. Now, we're going to get into some prop bets, have a little fun with that a little bit later on in the show. Make sure you all stick around for that. But let me just throw one out since you brought up defense, Mike, and since you brought up the Tennessee Titans and the sacks. That was a playoff record time non-sacks against Joe Burrow in the divisional round. Question, what do you think is more likely to happen? I want to ask you both. We'll start with you, Mike. What do you think is most likely to happen? The Rams break that record in the Super Bowl and get 10 sacks? Or get zero sacks against that porous offensive line of Cincinnati. Mm, it ain't gonna be zero sacks <laughs> for sure. Not. <laughs> I don't. I think more likely to break the nine sacks. Um, I don't think it's honestly gonna happen. Um, but, but I, I'm, I'm gonna say out of those two, you have to bet one way or the other. If you were, we're in Vegas, God bless you, Vegas, and you have to bet one way or the other, just as a twenty-five cent prop bet, that that zero sacks or ten sacks. Which way would you lean? I would go 10. I think they have a, like to Tasha's point, they have a lot of weapons. Like even if you double team, they still have Ramsey coming out the the, yeah. the outside, like a corner blitz or something like, yeah. Tasha, what's more likely to happen? Uh, zero sacks or record breaking 10 sacks in the Super Bowl? I mean, you have to go with a record breaking because we know that he's getting sacked. I don't necessarily think it's 10 sacks, but, <laughs> but, but I'm going to lean towards the 10 rather than the zero. We want to send a shout out to our friend of the show, Mr. Grandfather himself, Mr. Langston Moore. And, and we do want to, as a as Firebirds, true and true, we do want to say RP to a Firebird legend, Mr. Santonio Beard, who mm-hmm. passed away at a very, very young age. Very tragic incident. And our hearts and prayers go out to the Beard family. Uh, thank you for sharing that, Langston. You are absolutely correct. He has the Bengals. Um, y'all, I'm kind of torn. Uh, I love what both of you all said about the, about the, the defense. I'm thinking it may fall somewhere in the middle, and I think the kickers may play a big role in this one because, hell, Cincinnati's kickers played a big role in every game. Um, yes. But, but we shall see. Mike, who's your MVP of Super Bowl 56? Hmm. I'm going to go Stafford on this one. I think I think he's kind of been a little on the on the background of it, like kind of riding on the defense a little bit. <laughs> but I, oh, I think he shows up on this one. I think he. Uh, I think he flies under the radar. So he's going with the hometown hero of Mr. South Lake Carroll, right? Uh, Highland Park. Highland Park. Oh, so he came from money before the pros. Nice job by the Stafford family. Tasha, you look totally disgusted by Mike's answer. So you know I got to come to you on this. Who's your MVP for Super Bowl Fifty Six? I would love for it to be Odell Beckham. Oh, that would be he- awesome. Right. I would love that. Uh, Stafford, I don't I really I really do not like Matt Stafford and I'm only rooting for I just I just don't. He was just (laughs) he's so overhyped. You think he is the the only number one draft pick that has never received so much scrutiny than any other draft. pick. But and what has he done? You can't say all the time. Oh, it's Detroit is Detroit. Well, it was his ass, too. I mean, at the end of the at of end of his career, he'll be what I, I I heard that somebody said he has he's like top five with statisticals with yards or something like that. But what has he he what has he done? He's he's benefiting from having a good defense and being in a good system. 
So it kind of makes you think, was it him or was it Detroit? I think it was a combination of both. Matt Stafford wasn't even the best player or the best quarterback in the SEC when he was at Georgia. He didn't get prominence until one Mr. A.J. Green got there as a freshman. That's that's when people really kind of start looking at Matthew Stafford. I just don't I just don't like Matthew Stafford. I just don't. So who's your MVP? I said I, I wanted to be Odell Beckham. You wanted to be Odell Beckham. Okay. But so you see, so you <laughs> okay, so either way you say the passing game is gonna get it rolling. Now, I'm glad you two brought up the passing game. See, they're the king and queen of the segue. The 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 the, the chemistry is just so simpatico. I love it. Because this Super Bowl marks just the second time in the history of the NFL that two teams rank basically in the bottom five in rushing. So with that being said, whose rushing attack do you trust more? Uh, Joe Mixon or the three-headed monster of Henderson, Akers, and Sony Michelle, Mike? Uh, I got to go Mixon for sure. Mm-hmm. Mixon, man, he – he run the ball. I think the only downfall is that D-line from the Rams, and it's like, man. So the Bengals got to get him out in the open. Um, maybe do – I wouldn't say, like, throw it back to, like, the 90s and the screens coming out, but uh, I think Rams have that uh, undercover. But you got to get him out in the open so that he could release. No, I totally agree with you on the screen passes because, as Tasha said, you got to double-team two people. Maybe get mixing the chip uh, one on his way out, and then you turn and be ready to, to receive because I think that they're going to turn up the pressure on Joe Burrow. That's your only chance of beating him. You can't just play zone and let him sit back there and pick you apart. We know his receivers will do that. Langston has mixing. What say you, Tasha T. Sizzle? Who's running I'm against you? Because the Rams, with the return of Cam Akers, they, they have a pretty potent running attack as well, at least in the postseason. I'm going with the, with the rest of what everyone else said. I'm going with Joe Mixon. I just wish you think if he had any kind of line, how right. much better he would be because that that oh boy is good. He is. He, he's good. He's good. He is. He's very good. Good job by you. Now, the the Super Bowl isn't just a football game for football fans. It's a family event. It's a, a event that's celebrated worldwide now, but definitely all across this country. And so it made me curious to get some of your your favorite Super Bowl stories. Since uh, the people don't get to peek behind the curtain much with, with Michigan Mike, who's Mr. Quiet, and Tasha T. Sissel, who's basically on the other side of the country, uh, of the world now, <laughs> over the, the waters. So let me start with this, Mike. What was the first Super Bowl that you remember seeing? Man, the first Super Bowl would have to be probably one of the Cowboys' build. No, maybe before that. The, the only the one that I remember, remember, is, like, the Cowboys and the Bills. Like, I remember, like, the plays and all that and, like, uh, everyone rooting for the Cowboys and whatnot. And me rooting for the Bills because it was the Bills and I didn't really like the Cowboys. Uh, that's the one I remember. That started your hate. Tasha, what was the first Super Bowl you remember watching? We are the Bears shuffling crew, shuffling on down, doing it for you. We're hey. so bad. We know we're good. Blowing your mind like you knew we would. And they called me sweetness because I like to dance. Okay, so she's going like to the bridge. <laughs> that was sweet this part. But no, um, that's when no one knew who the Patriots were, when nobody was a Patriots fan. 
when they when had, they the had those raggedy red suits with the guy with the tail on his yeah. head. Yeah. Yeah, on the stupid. helmet. That's the <laughs> that is the first one that I can really remember. And it was simply because of the Super Bowl shuffle. You had players like uh William Refrigerator Perry. Yes. You had, of course, Sweetness. You had Richard Dick, No Big Blue, Mike Singletary. You had, you know, you had all of those players. So that's what really made me. And I remember I was at my godmother's house and we were watching it on a 13-inch television. That was a big screen back in 85. It was a 13-inch television that we were watching that Super Bowl on. Now, Langston says Dallas and Pittsburgh in the late 70s. I think that game broke the record for most Hall of Famers, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it was 11 Hall of Famers that played in that game uh, between Dallas and Pittsburgh. Unfortunately, I don't remember watching that game, but, I mean, 11 Hall of Famers. How could you not love the build-up to that? Natasha, you're going to like this as much as it pains me to say. The first Super Bowl I remember watching with my brother and my father was, I believe it was 80 or 81, with the Bengals played the 49ers and Pontiac at the Silverdome. And the only plays that I remember from that entire game was the goal line stand that San Francisco put on Icky Woods and, and that vaunted rushing attack. The That's 88, 89. Down, that was, no, 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 not the second one when Jerry Rice went off in Miami. The first time they played in the early 80s, I think it was like 80, 81. It was right after the catch. The Super Bowl that preceded the catch. Oh, see, I don't, re I don't remember. Right. So, look, we the same age. She's making me feel old right now, ladies and gentlemen. Um, mean, but it was, it was, it was 68, I think. It was <laughs> and um, what we thought was so neat about it was our family's from Detroit. So it was in Detroit. So, we, you know, that was my first time watching. The family was all around. And that goal line stand, the way that the, the house erupted on that fourth down when they stuffed them again, I don't know, it just sent chills up my spine. Like, wow, like this is really a big deal. And that's when I became like really a follower of football. Um, so shout out to the 49ers for putting me on the Super Bowl. But I just thought that was an amazing play. That, that, I had to embrace my inner mic with that. Like, wow, they couldn't get a yard in four tries. That is pretty. Uh, okay, it was 82. It was the 81 season, 1982. Thank you. Now, Miss Christina says Super Bowl halftime of 04. Nice. Nice. Good job. Beautiful lady, beautiful family there. And we're going to get to the halftime, Christine, so you stick around for that. Um, speaking of which, uh, Mike, as far as halftime and the Super Bowl and all that's concerned, your family knows how to party. I will give you all that. If you want to go and, and, and kick it and have a great time, you need to hit up the hot souls, whether it's 4th of July, whether it's Christmas, Thanksgiving, Super Bowl party, Michigan, Ohio State, whatever, they got it covered. What is your favorite spread? What would be your ideal Super Bowl layout for Super Bowl Sunday? The food is just as important as the matchup. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. I think I'm thinking like pizza, wings, um, some type of dip, uh, dip like chip dip. Um, we got to have like five different dips. Like you got the nacho <laughs> dip, you got, right. you got the French right. onion dip, you know, you got some carrots so you can cut, cleanse your palate a little bit, you know. Like, <laughs> gotta have everything but definitely wings wings is a must um yeah man ain't just something about a good wing you know the thing is y'all don't know mike's love of ranch i figured he was gonna have some ranch um oh it's a fountain of ranch just like comes <laughs> off you know like when, yeah i'm just like when them chocolate found you stick your strawberries in 
This guy can put away some ranch. I've seen it belong <laughs> to us. Tasha, you're you're now now we know that, that you're a kale eater and, and, and you're you're all healthy. We see your pictures on IG. Very, very fit, very good. Hey, all props to you, mama. You and your daughter look like sisters. We'll say that right here for the whole world to see how huh, Sasha. What is your spread? Is it gonna be lettuce and celery sticks? What what are, what are you eating for the Super Bowl? See. I, that's it. I'm logging out. No, I'm just saying, you me. got great discipline, but that's the one thing you can treat yourself. Hey, look, and I, you got to stand there. Uh, Denise, Denise loves too. <laughs> I would go for some good dry rub ribs. Uh, yes. And my, and my friend uh, Jackie Griffin, shouts out to Jackie. She makes the best buffalo chicken dip. So I'm with Mike. You got to have a, some kind of dip, you know, and I have to have a certain type of Rotel. I don't like Rotel with Velveeta and hamburger meat. I think that's disgusting. But, you know, some type of, yes, I don't like Velveeta cheese. Some type of good Rotel. Yeah, there you go, Mike's and Queso. Yes, you have to have yes, break on the cheese. Pack it in, please. Right. I'm a dip person. And then even before, you know, yes. you bring out the, the, the big stuff, you know, you got to have some, you know, some starters, some, what do you call the little, I can't, if I'm pronouncing it right, prosciutto, prosciutto, it's rolled up in that mozzarella cheese and you just you yeah. just eat it. You mean like a pig in a Salami blanket? or something? Yeah, not the salami. I don't like salami, but it's that I never, and I've only had it, I didn't eat it until maybe five years ago because I had a friend who brought it to a party and I was like, what kind of meat is this? And I ate it. But yeah, something like that with some crackers or, you know, you know what? He didn't ask for your black card. He said, turn in your diploma. What not an honest diploma? So that has <laughs> But it gotta have <laughs> but you gotta have some you gotta have some dip. So yes, like Christina Pigs in a blanket. Thank you. Um you're invited to any potluck Super Bowl party I have, Christina, because you gotta start with the pigs in a blanket. You gotta have some Rochelle's Rotel. And yes, pack on the queso, the hamburger meat. I like to dip my stuff in the queso. So whatever chips you got, I don't care if it's wavy lays. We're going to dip it in that queso. We're going to get them chips popping. He does, too. Boy, he, I'm like, where, where'd Paul go? He in the corner like. I will stand in the corner of your kitchen <laughs> and disappear. <laughs> Quesadillas, nachos. Oh, man, she's making me hungry. I should have had breakfast before I, we started this show. But, yes, the hustles they throw down. Pack on the queso. Um, They make these little – and. Uh, Christina, Mike, help me if I describe this wrong. They had a, a, a like a pot, a, a, a crock pot full of these like barbecue hamburger balls. Ooh. The barbecue yeah. meatballs. Yes. Yeah, barbecue meatballs. meatballs. Yeah. The, See, the I don't eat a lot of uh, red meat. I don't eat the beef, so I don't like those. Well, we well, I've already already preceded you by telling everybody how fit you are, and, and but but me and Mike, we posting you up in the paint like Hunter Dickinson in the Big Ten matchup. Like <laughs> I'm going for Dolo on Super Bowl Sunday. Let's do with the fruit tea. Good job by you, Denise. Denise, I like the chocolate chip. Uh, did ice? Wait a minute, cream cheese chocolate. and chocolate chips. Oh yes, crackers. Yes, you take like a uh, s'mores. Yeah, you know, you take chocolate chips and you mix it with cream cheese and um, there's something else you put in there. And then you take like the graham crackers, the one that are like this, not the actual crackers, but like uh -huh. the sticks and you dip it in. Oh, my God. It is so good. I am loving this. Y'all are giving me some great ideas. Yeah. 
All these comments, man. We got to turn this show into like a food show I'm now. I'm trying to stay on track with the with the with the rundown, but I'm looking over here like, wow, fruit tea. I wonder how that tastes with some vodka in it. Like, hey, some rum. Yeah. Hey, Mike knows when when the Uber drops me off, he's like, hey man, what you doing today? The clear wine. I'm looking at him like, man, what you got to cut it with? Then shouts out to him and his mom. <laughs> And the whole hustle family. Shouts out to Sizzle and all of these great the quesadillas, the nachos, the, the cheese, the ranch. I'm with a wing too. You can't have a Super Bowl party without, without wings. You gotta have some wings. I agree there. Um now this year in particular, I think the NFL did a great job. Oh, nice job by you, producer Mike. <laughs> now I really can't wait for halftime. For those listening on the podcast, make sure you check out the YouTube so you can see this poster of the halftime show. The NFL got it right this time. You're in L.A., so why not get some of the biggest names that, that's ever come out of L.A. as far as music? Dr. Dre, the king of L.A., Snoop Doggy Dog. You got Eminem. You got Kendrick Lamar. You got Mary J. Blige on the halftime show. I am looking just as much forward to the halftime show as I am the, the game itself. So with that being said, Tasha, let's start with you. Tasha, what is one of your, your favorite, most memorable halftime shows that you recall? Oh, definitely Prince. His his royal purple. Oh, you took my answer. And the thing was, the, I don't know why. Some reason for that Super Bowl, I was in Chattanooga and I was trying to drive back home. And it was Dungy and Lovey Smith with the, with the Bears and the and the Colts. Yeah, and that I don't know why. Hammer. I don't know why. I was on the road, like basically missing the damn Super Bowl. But I remember, I think I made it from Chattanooga back to Nolensville probably in about 15 minutes because I was like, Princess, I mean, I was flying. <laughs> and I got there literally at, when I got there, calmed down, cut the television on, the halftime show had started. And um, that is an experience that I'm glad I, I, did, I did not miss. Right. It rained during Purple Rain. Like the, the heavens opened up and it rained during him performing Purple Rain. It gets no better than that. Mike, what are your most memorable halftime shows that you recall? Or are you in the kitchen eating the whole time? <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I do that too, but uh, I'm going to go. <laughs> so one of my first ones that I remember would probably be Michael Jackson. Was that like oh, 93? Yeah. yeah. When he uh, popped up from under the stage. Yeah, yes. yeah, and he was just like there, like, yeah, um, yeah, he stood there and just let it soak it in. There, see. Yeah, yeah, I know I'm bad. Um, <laughs> man, I'm gonna go. Uh, I like the Aerosmith one, and then I'm gonna go Lady Gaga. I would say that I like Lady the Gaga, she caught a pass she, when she, she, yeah. when she when jumped she off the, the jumped off the, the side. I said, Oh, Lord, she came from the sky. I was like, What? She did. Yeah. She got down for her. I was very, very surprised. One of mine that, that I don't hear a lot of people talk about, but like embarrassingly, it was one of my favorite shows was Katy Perry when she brought out Missy, Missy. and they did work it. Like I'm a big Missy fan, and so Katy Perry and I just happened to see her her uh, documentary on NFL Network the day before the show as they showed her like getting ready for the the concert. So it had me looking forward to it. She did not disappoint. That girl got some pipes. <laughs> I would have never mm -hmm. guessed it. Like, yeah. and she brought out Missy, and they was like, "Hey, hey, hey. Katie was funny. like going down." So, I was at a Super Bowl party, and the children who were teenagers that when Missy came on, I'm you know, and they were sitting there. I said, "You guys don't know who Missy Elliott is," and they were like, "No." And I was like, "Oh my god!" 
Mm. Yeah. Um, what kind of party were you at? <laughs> right. Now, well, let's let's jump to the to the to the crew on the on the side here. Langston Moore said Bruno Mars was a good show. He's always put puts mm-hmm. on a good live yeah. show. I do like him. Um, yeah. Now Denise Denise is breaking some news right here on the extra point. Miss May James Coffee herself says they are bringing a hologram of Tupac out. Now see if the hologram Tupac come out, I'm gonna run out of my breezeway and fight the first neighbor I see. I'm just. <laughs> I'm just ready. I'm ready for y'all. Got me so fired up for this Super Bowl now. I'm loving these comments. Um, now, of course, Langston, he loved uh, the Houston uh, Super Bowl between uh, Carolina and New England. Anybody want to guess why? Why? Because that's when Janet's nipple popped out. Uh, with Justin Timberlake. With Justin Timberlake. I'm gonna have your nipple end of this song. <laughs> Wow, yeah, I forgot about that one. Yes, that one too. Yes, Denise, Denise, she says Katy Perry put on a good show too. Uh, Miss Christina says, I remember being um, at uh, Biba's and Uncle Jerry's or Janet. Oh, yes. We were at Rodney Thompson's house watching that Super Bowl and we were like. I know. Like, I think oh, we man. all had the same reaction because I was at a friend's house and with a guy that I was dating because he had a and big old. Slip. Thank you, Christina. Yeah. That's the proper way to say it. It was a slippage. And I just remember when it came out, we it just got quiet, and we were all kind of like, "Did that just happen?" Like that's it happened so fast, but we all caught it. We yeah. all caught that. Um, that was yeah, that was, <laughs> that was special. Now, um, with this halftime show, everybody always brings out like a special guest. With so many great artists from our generation that we grew up listening to, who would you like, Mike, for maybe Dre, Snoop, Eminem to bring out as a special guest tomorrow night? Hmm. They got to get a female in there, right? So there's too many guys up there right now. Um, so you said it's a hard ankle party, huh? Yeah. Man, I'm not sure. That's a tough one. Yeah, that's a tough one. I don't know who. No, 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 no. Yeah, I don't know. You have to come back to me on that one. Langston says Kendrick Lamar. I'm going with, with 50 Cent. Kendrick is already in there. Yeah, he's in there, but I really don't see him having the, the pop success that Dre, Snoop, Eminem, and Mary J. Blige had. Um, I would like the to thing see- with 50 Cent, though, I mean, like, that would be too easy because they're all, like, in the group together. You know, Dre did Eminem, and the Eminem made 50 Cent, but, but like, we can get somebody better than that. Let's let's think about it. I mean, I would like Q to come out. <laughs> Mike is like, no, nah, come back to me on um, let's get let's get a new one in there. Let's get Kodak in there and just like let's no. turn it up. You and that Gremlin song. You got my team put out the playoffs <laughs> with that damn Gremlin song, Mike. I still got beef with you. Hey, 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 that's two straight weeks. Y'all caught my swag out on the YouTube, y'all. Make sure you subscribe so you can get more of the moves from Michigan Mike. T Sizzle, let me ask you a pre-prop bet question because we're gonna get into some fun prop bets here in just a second. Oh, wait a minute before we do. Wait a minute, Denise Denise agrees with you. She said that's Kodak Brown. Okay, well that's two for Kodak Black. Tasha, I'm feeling uh-uh. old. No, uh-uh. I don't even. I mean, I'm, ice cube. That's what I said. Ice cube. I said ice cube. Ice cube. One. Yeah. That's what I said. Ice cube. That's a good one. All right. Well, where if they're gonna have a hologram Tupac, where's the hologram Easy E? He kind well, of started hologram Nate Dog. You need the hologram Nate Dog too. Hold up. Wait. Da 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 da. The look, it's the Gremlin song. See that? Well, see, Langston doesn't like the super the Gremlin song because he's a, a Cowboys fan, 
and they were rocking that in Cowboy Stadium mm-hmm. right before. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> why. Balls on the Cowboys. <laughs> I just don't like the look at Kodak Black. Ugh. I think that's well, we can uh, put a mask on him. I guess. Child. Like I don't know. I think ain't he Trick Daddy's child? Ain't, ain't Trick Daddy his? his Sir, no. next topic. Next up, <laughs> my pre-prop bet question for you, Tasha. They do look alike. Google them and put them side to side. My pre-prop bet question for you: Which one? Which is more likely to happen? Odell Beckham tear up his ACL and his hamstring in the Super Bowl, or Mary J. Blige tear her hamstring and her ACL doing that scissor kick? Mary J. Because she gonna have on them thigh high boots when she do all that looking like she oh, has seizure. Yeah, that's how Definitely you know Mary, Mary J. Blige. Money. That's how yeah. you know Mary got money because she don't give a damn. Mary, about no, how Mary she looks, look out there. she looks fantastic. I saw a that's, photo shoot of her for her 50th birthday on the beach. She uh, looks that's fantastic. Mary. It's Mary. But but Mary, you fifty, you fifty, homie. Don't do it. Don't get up there and get hype and start remembering the time and start kicking and, and swirling around and, yeah. and show. Because you can look good on the outside, but your bones say a different story. They're like, no, nope. that is true. Nope. That the other true. day at the bowling alley, my knees told me to go sit down. My knees was like, bro, you, bro, tonight ain't your night. You need to ice these things and go lay down somewhere. <laughs> Thank you, Mike, for holding the team together. <laughs> no, that was you. I would do bad. Lexa says, looks like she drunk at the Elks Club. Shouts out to the Elks Club. Do they still got that stain on the ceiling? I digress. Um, so Mary J. Blige, please, on behalf of the Extra Point crew, on behalf of the Extra Point family, we beg if you keep both of your heels on the ground during this halftime show. Don't you're a grandmama now. Don't be <laughs> we don't want to see all of that. Okay, all right. As we digress now. Mike, this is something that's right up your wheelhouse. The prop bets. This is uh, the betting guru. So I figured we'd have a little fun with some prop bets here. I got a, a list here from DraftKings. Then we're going to do these rapid fire. I'm going to just come to you both. Yes or no, over, under. We're going to do it like that. All right. Coin toss. Hands or tails, Mike? Tails. Toss tails. tails. All right. You're both going tails. Okay. First team to record a first down, Rams or Bengals, go. Mike. Bengals. Tasha. Bengals. Okay. All right. Um, Outcome of the first coach's challenge, play stands, play overturned? Overturned. Overturned. Okay. All right. Y'all in Sapotico today. Okay. Uh, This was for you, Langston. Total yards of the longest field goal. The over-under is set at 47 and a half yards. Mike. I'll go over on that. I feel a 50 coming up. You know McPherson is going to kick a 50-yarder. He's done it in every playoff game this postseason. Tasha? I said over because I was thinking 48. I don't know why that was sticking out in my head. Hey, well, I'm betting on the 48 then. Um, Team to score the longest touchdown. We have two explosive offenses with explosive receivers all over the field. Which team scores the longest touchdown? I'm going with the Rams. You're going with the Rams. Okay. For you, Tasha? Rams. Rams. Okay. No love for Jamar Chase. Big play Jamar, huh? I mean, we love him, but yeah. You got I think okay. Odell's gonna get like a like a 70 yarder or something like that. Yeah, because okay. you heard right. Odell Senior said he's always open, so you know. Okay, yeah, he did. Now, total touchdowns. Mike said it's gonna be a high scoring game. The over and under is set at five and a half total touchdowns. You're going over or under, Mike? 
Five and a half. I have to go over. I mean, the, the spread right now, or the over-under, is 48 and a half. So. Oh, he threw up the west side for those listening on, on the on the, on the podcast. All right, <laughs> so I got to go over. Come on. All right, Tasha, over under five and a half touchdowns. You I'm think it's going to be a defensive game, though, right? Yeah, I'm going under because I said I thought the final score would be 17-24. So that's what? That's five touchdowns and two field goals. Okay. And no viewers right. out of that score. Jeez. Right. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, total game turnovers. The over-under set at two and a half. <laughs> way, over. way over, way over, because are gonna do that y'all in the first quarter. <laughs> hmm. Two and a half is tough. I'm gonna go over. I'm gonna go three. You're gonna go over with three. Now, keep in mind, uh, Burrow had the Cincinnati had turned the ball over for five games until he threw an interception. Which really hit the ground in Tennessee. They kind of gave us one there. So I guess the football god said ball don't lie and snatched it right away from us. Um, but he does good protecting the ball. So if it all falls on on Stafford, oh, I think I'll go with the over on that too. I think we'll get a fumble in two interceptions. Um, let's see. Does either kicker miss an extra point? Yes or no? No. Yeah, no. That's right, because you should never miss. The extra points. Certainly not least. Color of the Gatorade bath. What color Gatorade they gonna have? Red, cherry, purple, great, orange, the uh orange. The, the lime green? Orange. You going orange? Where are you going, Mike? I got blue. Now, how many of y'all could have guessed that Mike was going to say blue? How many times have you said go blue this year? Oh, Michigan uh, had a good too season. Many. So that, yeah, that over <laughs> is pretty high. Michigan had a good season in football. Good job by y'all on that. And, yes, I will go back and replay this later so I can keep track on how y'all did with y'all prop bets because it just gives me another reason to enjoy the game. Um, now, a couple other things we want to clean up just, just because it happened this week and we want to make sure we get this in before we start transitioning into the NBA next week with All-Star Weekend coming up next weekend. Let's start with the GOAT, who really, did he get robbed for not getting Offensive Player of the Year leading the league in passing? Cooper Cup won it, but did Tom Brady get robbed? Let's just start there. No. No. Mike, the, the, did Tom Brady get robbed for Offensive Player of the Year? What Cooper Cup no. did was remarkable, but Brady, that's 5,000 yards at 40-something years old. No, I think they, they sent a message that they didn't really care how old or how long you've been in the league. They're, they're still going to – I mean, Cup deserved that one, so. Wow. Now, if Mike said that, that Brady didn't deserve it, he sure did deserve it. Let's see what he thinks about this. Earlier this week on a podcast, Tom Brady was asked about the possibility of unretiring. Now, those of you watching on YouTube, you see his lovely wife, Giselle, by his side, looking like, I told you this was going to be your last year, and thank you for listening. She looks happy. He looks like, man, wait till I tell her I'm coming back next year. So, with him, <laughs> getting, with him being asked, is he going to stay retired, he said, never say never. Uh-oh. So, Tasha, you may have to deal with this a little bit more. Mike, on a scale of 1 to 10, the probability of Brady unretiring? I would say a, a 3. 
Really? So you think he's done done? Yeah, I don't think I think he said that because he doesn't like to be told that he can't do something. He's just that type of person. And so right. he's like, Well, I wouldn't say never, because if the perfect thing came up to where he's Tennessee. like <coughs> Yeah, to where you just have to to manage the game and don't throw interceptions and you can get another one, then he would be like, Okay. <laughs> Tasha, will you tell Langston to go make some pancakes or something? He said no, she looks I, like Tom I, with a wig on, on that pick. Don't do Giselle like that. She's a model. Lord Jesus. But you Tasha. know, models are not always the most beautiful women. They just they just sell it. They just work it. Oh, so you agree. So who are you saying that's that's uh what's what I'm I'm part of that wig? You know what? Wow. Let's digress. Tasha, your confidence level on a scale of one to ten that Brady will stay retired. Look, he oh. is becoming just like Lyron Rogers. He is becoming a media whore. He wants all this attention. Nobody's talking about him. He lost the Super Bowl. He didn't get MVP. He didn't get this. He, I've, of course, I hate him anyway. And they just did a documentary with him and Charles Woodson about oh, the tough one. rule game. But I didn't want to watch it because, I, again, I just didn't want to watch it. But I'm going to um, send you the YouTube link. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Denied. <laughs> But no, so he's no, I no, I think he's doing this just to, so people can keep his name in their mouths. It's certainly what are we doing he's now? a goat, he's a goat. We're gonna be talking for, about him for a while. He's no, the what, Mike? He's the goat. I won't he's with his chest, y'all. Y'all hear that bass and reverberation in, in his voice, that conviction in his throat. He is the goat. The GOAT of, of the NFL. And if the GOAT yeah. were to come back, I say that there's some beautiful houses out there where Tosh used to live in Brentwood. There's some houses in Franklin. We can move you to Hermitage Hill. You can stay in John Henry Hill for all I care. Just get that man to Nashville. Um, Speaking of, of which, let me transition back to you two for a second. Both of your teams made the playoffs, came up just right. Christina, bad. <laughs> Nice job by you. Now, uh, Tasha, of course, your team was in the NFC Championship game. Mike, your team made the playoffs as well. Just had a tough draw in the first round against the defending champions. What, Mike, what does your team need to do in the offseason, this offseason, to be in next year's Super Bowl? I think they're definitely going to draft a quarterback. I wouldn't say first or second round, but it's definitely going to be um, part of it. They need to get that offense going. And they also need to double down. Uh, I think their defense is all right. So I would focus a little bit more on that offense. That offense just looks sus. So, Okay. All right. Natasha, you were one field goal away from, from being in Anaheim yourself. What does San Francisco need to do this offseason to make sure that they get over the hump and they're in next year's Super Bowl? They're already doing it. And they should have been should have been done done it. It's getting rid of Garoppolo. Really? What is up with the Garoppolo hate? Please, as a 49ers fan, explain I mean, this to me. It's not necessarily Garoppolo hate, but I think if we would have had a different quarterback, we could have won that Super Bowl against Kansas City. If we would have had a different quarterback and go and go back to, I mean, I know the uh I can never think of his name, the 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 guy that dropped the wide open interception that Stafford threw to him, that right. could have been a game changer. But again, when and again, I tweeted that. But San Francisco did get the ball back with a chance to tie but, a win. And what I said, I said, if we're depending on Garoppolo to win this game for us, it is over. I saw the, I mean, what is he doing? He's flailing back. He's doing all of this, the same thing, except for his open this time. Right. 
in the Super Bowl, he had his eyes closed when he threw that damn ball. And this one, it was the same thing. But I'm, oh, I'm going to keep him open this time. <laughs> he should have closed him. That wasn't the move. Um, Now, which one of you cannot trust to give an honest critique of the Dallas Cowboys and what they would need to do to be in next year's Super Bowl? Can I trust either one of you to be? Mike, your hand is up. Michael? I got you. I think they need to focus on the secondary. I think they forgot in the last couple of years. Like, oh, wait, you know, as you see in the, the division um, or at NFC East in general, a lot of passing game. And I think they try to focus too much on that front seven, which their front seven's good. I mean, I mean, they can stop the run, but they get torched. They, good. <laughs> they get they get torched. Um, and then you got to focus. Re- I wouldn't say a draft or anything like a running back. You have your running back. That's Pollard. Get rid of or I'm trade Zeke. About that, Mike. Yes, get, yes. Get rid of Zeke or trade Zeke, and then get like another backup running back. Maybe a draft a new running back that's young that Pollard that could play behind Pollard. Boom. Now Langston, who's a diehard Cowboys fan, says get rid of Brown. Okay. Now Tasha, I want you to be just as objective as Mike was. He was a Philly fan, and he gave an honest critique. I want you to be honest, and I don't want you punching me all below my belt. The Titans were also in the playoffs and came up short. What do they need to do this offseason to, to make sure they're in Super Bowl 57? The same thing. They need, first of all, quarterback. They need more help on, on the defense as a total, except for Jeffrey Simmons, because we all know that boy is. Clanga, clanga. We got it. Clanga, clanga. Clanga, clanga. But, I mean, outside of him being clanga, clanga. He's going to be all pro next year. He's Aaron Donald 2.0 if he can stay healthy. They need to get more youth in that passing game because Derrick Henry can, you cannot keep depending on Derrick Henry to win games for you because you're going to run him into the ground. I agree. I agree with that totally. Um, Also, our Michigan man, Mr. Taylor Lewan, he's got a $12 million cap hit this year. He's not giving you twelve million dollar production. He's more no. focused on being on Twitter and 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 building his podcast. With God bless you for that. I think he's got a foot out the door and ready to go into multimedia anyway. I think he cashed in this last when he was the highest paid tackle in the league, and then missed two of the last three seasons with ACL injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we need to get younger at the offensive line as well. Definitely at receiver. Definitely in the secondary as well. Now the thing is, see. The, the heart emojis are coming out of my body right now because they gave me honest critiques of my teams without hitting me upside my head. Like, I really appreciate that. And for that, the crown will stay under the table. <laughs> Thank y'all, because y'all are absolutely correct. And I'm going to tag Mike Vrabel, and I'm going to tag general manager, <laughs> the general manager in this as well. So one last thing that, that I'm just curious about because it happened this week, and maybe you all can shed some, some light on it because I, I'm confused. This week, Kyler Murray made news because he scrubbed the Arizona Cardinals from all of his social media accounts, Instagram particularly, removed all pictures, any reference of him being a Cardinal. Now, usually that happens when a player is angling to get out of a situation, correct? Usually? Maybe. I mean, usually, but a lot of people do it because they want to play hardball. I'm like, well, I mean, I have no ties to you, and you got to pay me if you mm-hmm. want me. Oh, so you think this could be financially driven? Because yeah. oh yeah, because if you think about it, you if you drafted and he said places have moved the Titans to Memphis, but stop playing. What are we gonna do with that stadium? <laughs> we 
we're about to build a new stadium. We're not going to no damn Memphis. Shouts out to John Morant. But um, if you're Kyler Murray, and if you're his age, if I'm Kyler Murray's agent, I'm thinking, well, damn, Kyler, you went number one because you went to a bad team. Already you're in playoff contention after just a few years. They went and got you DeAndre Hopkins. They went and got you A.J. Green. They went and picked up James Carner in the run game, who, who was tied for the league league in rushing mm-hmm. touchdowns. They went mm-hmm. and picked up J.J. Watt as a flyer, you know, just to maybe help in the playoffs. Of course, he stayed injured because that's what Watts do. But you got Patrick <laughs> you got Chandler Jones on defense. You have a, a squad. I mean, but you're looking up at the two teams in your division. We're in the NFC Championship game. I'm preaching patience if I'm Kyler Murray's advisor. Do you think he should that he should want out of that situation? Why? I, I think I think he's talking more or acting reacting, I should say, emotionally. Um, and he got banged up. Like he was getting run after. Like that O line is not the best, especially for the style that he runs. I'm not blaming all on the offensive line because when you run outside the pocket, how are they supposed to help you? Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think he's acting emotionally, and he knows that he only has one more year left in his his rookie contract. And I think he wants to get paid now. And that's not the way to do it. You only five foot two. I mean, what? You're gonna have to have, <laughs> you're gonna have to have the monsters out there blocking for you at that height <laughs> with with your like Mike said with his style of play. Right. If he wants to be out there running around doing that, you know, I mean, you're gonna get what you're asking for. But the offensive line went out there throwing them horrible picks down the stretch that that plummeted. I mean, plummeted yeah, that, out yeah. of the playoff contention. Right, if I was Arizona, I'm, if I was Arizona, I'd be like, okay. Uh, yeah, that, but that's what I'm saying. If the style of play he wants to play, again, he's going to have to have the Monstars blocking for him because you get out of that pocket, you free game. And then that's yeah. when you tend to cause the most uh, – have the most turnovers when you're under pressure like that. Now, Langston agrees with you, Mike. He said this is a money issue. I think he's wanting to re-up and not get strung out like um, like Baker Mayfield is going to get strung out on a prove-it deal. I think – and I read somewhere, I don't know how credible this is, so I won't reveal the source, but I read on Twitter the other day that he was asking between 50 and $55 million a year. Well, if you don't sit your... I think this has been a trend, though. I mean, I, I think as the NFL or the different pro the organizations, they have to stand up for what contracts are, and you got to play out your contract. If you don't, then, like, this is a perfect example because, like Tasha said, he might not be your franchise quarterback. And right. he isn't going to last a long time. So maybe I we just say, okay. Well, he's 45, right. Well, then right we, we'll we set you your last year since you said you don't want to play. And we'll get a new rookie quarterback in here that can run our scheme, maybe even do a better job at it, and go from there. Yeah, I think that, that that's a plug-and-play type of system. All you need is, a, is just a wee bit of athleticism. And it's not one of those – overly complicated schemes to where you have to do a lot of coverage reads. You're doing a lot of screen passes, bubble screens, and go routes really is what Arizona really does. And when you have DeAndre Hopkins, you can be a YOLO quarterback and just mm-hmm. throw it up there. He'll make the worst quarterback look like an all-pro. But um, you got to have a healthy Hopkins on the field to be able to do that. Because A.J. Green, too. as much as I love A.J. Green, he's a little long in the tubes. Oh, yeah. Now, who thought we'd get two A.J. <laughs> Green references today? Good job. Well, you know, his tooth is, is is you know what, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm going to leave that street out of it today, Mike. Um, So, 
With that being said, like, and the thing is, I want to uh, thank you, Tasha, and thank you, Mike, and especially the people in the comment section, because y'all really took me down a stroll down memory lane and got me fired up for the Super Bowl tomorrow. Like, with the food, the pageantry, the halftime show, I am very, very excited about that. Uh, Mike, do you have any parting shout-outs before we get off to the Super Bowl? I want to give a shout I want to give a shout out to Sean White. He just finished his fifth Olympic Games. That's a long time. So yeah. shout out to him. The He's flying to, tomato. And, yeah, and I'm glad retire, you brought that I'm up sure. because I thought it was an awesome moment when all of his competitors lined up to to kind of dap him up and, and wish him well on the rest of his uh, post-playing career after he finished his, uh, his last event. I thought that was a classy move by his opponents. Tasha, mm -hmm. any shout outs? Um, I didn't get to do this last week, of course, with the spotty Wi-Fi for our Black History moment. I was going to mention one Miss Mr. Fritz Pollard. And I know a lot of times when you hear that, you associate that with the Fritz Pollard Alliance. But Mr. Frederick Douglass Pollard was actually the first black uh, player in the NFL. He played for the Akron Pros of the American Football Association, which later turned into the AFC and he was actually the, he was a player coach can you imagine playing football and then going and coach he was played in 1920 then he went on to coach it in 1921 and he played he coached like the team in Indiana and Milwaukee until 1926 but the NFL ousted the black players and coaches because of you know segregation and it is what it is and again, you know, you have the Fritz Pollard Alliance, which is a membership organization that is um, compromised of like scouts, coaches, front office panel in the NFL, as well as other professionals committed to equal opportunity in the industry. And then he also has another alliance that is it's a foundation that is dedicated to educating the public about equal opportunity in sports and provide scholarships. So shouts out to one Mr. Frederick Douglass, aka Fritz Pollard. Good job by you. I want to say one more thing. You know, we okay. always say Art Shell was the first Art Shell was the first black coach for the modern day NFL, but Fritz Pollard was actually the first black NFL coach. And there you have it. Getting you some history lessons this early Saturday morning here on the extra point. I'm gonna keep with the Super Bowl theme this week. And my shout out goes to one uh Calvin Brodus. You all know him as Mr. Snoop Doggy Dog. Snoop Dogg this week just purchased Death Row Records away from the guy who ran him out of California, who threatened his life, who held on to his, his masters, which if you're an artist, the masters is how is basically your legacy, all of your music. He wasn't able to make money off of his music. He wasn't able to do any of that. So how things unfolded 20 years later, for him to be able to go back and purchase back the, the record label and, and keep all those masters. I just want that to be um, kind of like a, a foreshadowing for all of you all. It's never too late. Never say never, as Tom Brady says. You just never know. Just stay just stay doing, being above board and, and things will come back to you. Everybody knows he got done wrong the way he had to leave death row and walk away with nothing and he went down financially and ended up with no limit. <laughs> right, and then he rose back up, and now he's in a position where the person who was was standing over him is in jail, and now he owns the record label. Good job by you, Snoop Doggy Dog. So for everybody out there watching, everybody out there listening, hey, just hang in there. If you just get up and answer the bell the next round, you might score that knockout. Because I never thought in a million years 
he'd be able to go back and buy that company when he left it like 15, 20 years ago. So that does it for this week's show. I wish every one of you all um, a safe and prosperous weekend and enjoy the Super Bowl. And you know what we'll be next week right here at 9 o'clock Central. The extra point. We out of here. Go Blue. Peace. Go Blue. Vamos Azul.